Hello everyone, this is Thomas and Christine Erdos. And you're listening to Love's Fire. Welcome to part two. This is going to be on surrender. And Thomas is going to be sharing most of this because there's an incredible story and journey that God's brought him through with surrender. But before he shares, I just wanted to encourage everyone listening or viewing to not just listen as a spectator, but to see yourself in these stories and to know that when we share testimonies and stories, it's not for you to be like, oh, look at them. It's it's no, this is an invitation for you. And it's by the grace of God that any anything that we've walked out has happened in our lives. And um, yeah, just even the word testimony, I forget if it's Greek or Hebrew, um, but it, it says it means to do it again. And so when these testimonies are shared, it releases the power to see them done again in your lives as well. And so enjoy. <laughs> yes, the joy of surrender. Oh, yeah. This is the sung. joy of surrender. <laughs> it's an amazing uh, song. Yes. Yeah, so because surrender to Jesus is joyful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this whole concept of, you know, we're talking about the power and repentance and surrender, and that can perhaps seem intimidating to some people, but it's it's joyful to surrender to Jesus. And it's the best thing we could ever do to to repent and turn to Him fully. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing He held back from us. Yeah. He gave everything He had. He gave His life, His body, and His blood, and... It's a joy and an amazing privilege to know him and to share in his sufferings, and uh, but to know that he's with us through it all. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's amazing joy. It's amazing power. And actually, the Bible says that the it's not the way of the righteous that's hard. It's the way of the transgressor, the way of the sinner. That's what's hard. And a life of compromise is also hard. I can tell from my own experience when there's been seasons when I've lived in compromise or backslidden or whatever, that that's harder than when I'm walking completely surrender with Jesus because it's not that circumstances are always easy, um, whether you're walking with Jesus or not, but when you're walking with him, you're with him. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is in your boat and not just in your boat, but it says he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Yeah. And so uh, he's amazing. So, so good. All right. So into the story. Here we go. Yeah. I real quick. Go ahead. Even on the word surrender, I was like thinking people may have the association with that word of like, okay, when someone surrenders, that makes me think of like, you know, either a cop or something like that. You know, like that's usually like the word when you surrender or like a battle and like they're like, okay, I surrender and now they're captured and so it's like, think of it this way. So yeah, there it, there's actually two ways that the word prisoner is used in the Bible. And I don't know how often it's people hear this, but it's like you can either be a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness or you're either a prisoner of, what is it? Like, what does it talk about when it talks about the negative of a prisoner? Um, I mean, it's still a prisoner of sin, a prisoner yeah. of the devil yeah, you're, of the world. So you can either be that, <laughs> a prisoner of like sin and prisoner to the devil, or a prisoner of hope is what it says we are in the Bible. And uh, there another like, yeah, and then I think I already said a slave to righteousness. And so it's like to think that when you surrender, now this is, that's who's capturing you. Now you're captured by something glorious, something amazing. And now 
you can't even get out of his love if you wanted to. He loves you forever and ever. Yeah, so good. And so, so yeah, when I was, (laughs) it's like remembered where I left off. So when I was young, uh, the most important thing to me uh, was was video games. So that was my God in essence. So whatever we spend our time on, the most time and money, not that I had money (laughs) at that point or any significant amount, but whatever we spend our resources on, whether that's time or money or anything else, like that's that's what's most important to us, and that essentially is our God or our idol, and uh, if it's not the true God, Jesus. And so, so when I was young, it was video games. Uh, and then when I was older in high school, it was sports uh, or wrestling in particular. Then in college, it was racing, and I wanted to be an engineer on a race team, and uh, I would have. Definitely enjoyed being a driver, but I was too slow. So that's so sad. <laughs> um, and I was also a little big to fit in the cars. But anyway, uh, I want to be an engineer in racing in one of the highest levels. So first I was thinking, I want to be an engineer in Formula One. That is the highest level of, of racing. And then I realized, oh, I'd have to move to England, to the UK, and it's cold and wet there, and I don't know anyone there. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Let's see what's the best in the U.S. And so then I was like, okay, I want to be in either NASCAR or IndyCar. And I never, I've never watched a full NASCAR race. Uh, uh, neither have I. Neither, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I know the engineering's good. I have some, you know, uh, some know some people that work in it and, and all that. So that's what I was thinking. And so, so anyway, I spend... In college, on top of my uh, schooling, I um, I was on a Formula SA team, and so they design, build, compete with these uh, Formula-style uh, race cars. And uh, I literally dedicated, on top of my classes, so on top of my degree, I literally spent thousands of hours and thousands of dollars investing into this dream of, of racing. And... Uh, then right after I graduate, I get an off—not an offer, but an interview—with a, a, a well-known team in NASCAR, and they fly me out to North Carolina to do a two-day interview and get to see their place and their wind, some wind tunnel testing, and and uh, really cool. And I thought it went well, but I'm praying the whole time. I'm praying like God, I really want this job. I mean, this is basically like my dream job. As far as the engineering and racing goes and uh but i want what you want like i knew like praise god for my parents parents they <laughs> instilled in us the word and as uh, just stories of great men and women of god and uh and you know testimonies from their lives and others and so i knew that god wants what's best for us that he is so pure holy selfless loving that he he wants uh uh you know he wants he loves us and he wants what's best. And so, so I knew like, okay, whatever God you, whatever you want, that's what's best, but I really want this job. So, uh, and I didn't get the offer. And so, uh, then I was pretty bummed. I moved home and, uh, I didn't, cause I was banking on that working out. And, uh, and then a couple months later, I was applying to a bunch of other, uh, teams. And uh, a couple months later, I get, uh, I end up getting an offer from a non-racing job, and uh, in St. Louis. And so then I, I drive up 
you know, it's about three hours away from where we were living at the time. And so I uh, drive up and with my dad one day because I was giving five days to decide. And I was like, God, I need to know what your will is for my, whether you want me to take this job or not. Like, I don't want it. But if you want me to have this job, then tell me because I, I need to know. It was the first time in my life, I was 22 years old. And it was the first time in my life when I felt like I truly needed to hear God and um, and was was desperate to hear him to the point where I was like, I'm not eating till I know. And uh, and so <laughs> and so anyway, not that I needed to do that, but that's what I decided. And so uh, then I happened to story talking about testimony. Uh, there's two testimonies that impacted me during this time of praying about this in the five days. And one was the story of Abraham and Isaac. And so I was reading the Bible, just happened to be in the story of Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was the most important thing to Abraham at that time. And God tells him, sacrifice him on the altar to me. Not because God wanted to do that, but he wanted to see where his heart was. And so he was about to do it. And then God says, stop. Now that I see you're not holding anything back from me, now I'm going to bless you even more. And when I read that, it's just like, wow. You know, I just realized, like, racing is my Isaac uh, in the sense that it was the most important thing to me as well. And, like, God, I was like, maybe God's telling me to give up my dream of racing, just like how Abraham gave up Isaac on the altar. So it was just a thought that crossed my mind, but I didn't tell anyone. This is like a, like, I had to decide on a Monday. This was like Saturday, I think. Uh, it's just a day or two before. And I was like, wow, but I didn't tell anyone. I was also happened to be reading the story, a uh, story from uh, this book called Making Jesus Lord, uh, The Dynamic Power of Laying Down Your Rights for Christ by Lauren Cunningham. And so in this uh, book, he shares some of, one of his own stories of how when he was younger, he was given the opportunity to take over his aunt's multi-million dollar business. And God told him no, so he didn't. <laughs> and most people would probably think he was crazy. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Think about all the good you could do with that money. And But he was obedient to, to God and what he believed his will was. And what's amazing is he, you know, he started YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And since that point, because now he's a, uh, I mean, that was many decades ago, and so since then, millions of people have been brought to Christ because of, through the ministry that he started. And, um, and so I was thinking like, wow, like how much better are millions of souls than millions of dollars? Yeah. Like millions of dollars, you, we leave that here on earth. Yeah. <laughs> millions of souls, we'll see him for eternity. Yeah. And how much better. And um, so I was like, so I got the same message from that. Then Sunday we drove... Uh, to St. Louis to check out a church that we heard about, and um, and so they do a lot of uh, you know outreach and different things. Uh, it's called the Dream Center, and and so we we went to visit, and everything seemed great. We're driving back, and uh, I just we're praying, and I tell my dad, I was like Dad, I feel like I feel like I feel like this is where God wants me. I feel like He could really use me here. And literally, as soon as I said that. My phone rings. My phone starts to ring in my pocket. I pull it out, and it's an IndyCar team. And they're like, hey, we want, you know, they do a quick interview for a race engineering position. And 
uh they're like when can we do two more interviews i was like how about tomorrow because that's what i need to decide on this other offer and so afterwards i was like i'm so confused i don't know whether this is god giving me what i want because i was willing to give it up like abraham and isaac of course god promised isaac to abraham he didn't promise him racing um but or is this uh, just a test see whether i'm really willing to give it up and so next day i do two interviews in the morning over the phone and then they give me an offer for my dream job. And they uh, said that they would pay me more money than my other offer. So not only would I get to do exactly what I want, uh, but I would also get more money for it, um, give or take. Because um, living expenses would have been higher. But <laughs> it was amazing. It was an amazing deal either way. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like, wow. And then... I was thinking if my friends, my racing friends, knew that I got this offer and I gave it up, they'd think I was crazy. Because this is what I, this is what I've been working for. This is what we've all been these kind of things we've been working for. And yeah. and I have friends that were so wanted to get into motorsports that they literally volunteered on a race team on a low, lower level race team, just like you don't have to pay me, just let me do something to get their foot in the door. Mm. And here a team was offering me good money to do exactly what I wanted to do in a high-level um, league in, in uh, IndyCar. And so I was like, wow. Okay, so my parents and I prayed during lunch. My dad came home from work to pray. My mom was already home. We prayed, and I'm just getting the same thing. Give it up, Thomas. It's not for you. I was like, no, this is what I've been working for. But I was feeling to give it up, and but there's a struggle with the flesh and... After a while, my mom stops and and she's tears in her eyes and she said, "Thomas, I feel like God's telling you that He wants you to give up your dream of racing, just like how Abraham gave up Isaac on the altar." I was like, "Well, that's confirmation right there." You know, out of the hundreds of stories in the Bible, what are the chances that she would pick the exact same one and say the almost exactly the same thing that I thought just a day or two before and hadn't told anyone about? It's like, okay, that's God. And so I had peace about it and uh, uh, told the race team, obviously, uh, uh, sorry, but you know, no thanks. And then I uh, had peace when I accepted the other offer. And, uh, and in that first year, from that point on, I grew more in my relationship with God and my spiritual maturity than the rest of my life combined. And that's not anything against my parents or the churches I went to uh, because they tried. <laughs> but there's only so much that can be done if we're not receiving and if we're not running mm. with the seeds that were, are sown in water in our lives. Yeah. And so his grace and his spirit empowered uh, me to walk down out in an amazing way even in, in the next year. And, uh, and I saw amazing things. We saw, I mean, we did a lot of outreach and so saw a lot of people come to Jesus. I mean, uh, I mean, literally hundreds, probably in the uh, nine months that I was doing a lot of outreach there, and uh, just uh, a lot of people blessed and encouraged, and and so so yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. All that to say, surrender is beautiful and yeah. amazing and powerful, and it is the best place to be to be surrendered to the most loving, beautiful, and amazing, glorious person in the universe, yeah. Jesus. Uh, to our Heavenly Father with Holy Spirit. And uh, so that's our encouragement to you. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I'm just so thankful. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Me th too. I'm thankful that you surrendered. I'm thank you, thankful 
that, um, yeah, I'm just thankful for what happens when we stop holding on to things so tight and like trying to make our life work. (laughs) And then when we're just like, okay, God, I trust that you know what is best, like show me. And it's just, you know, I didn't know you back then, but just to see where God's taking you, I'm so thankful. And I know that that is his invitation for all of you listening and watching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and if you want, uh, for the sake of time, we're going <laughs> to end this. But uh, uh, you can certainly read more uh, like Revelations 2 and 3. It oh, talks yeah. about Jesus talking to the churches and calling them back to their first love, calling them free from compromise, calling them free from lukewarmness. Yeah. He says, "If you know, I wish you were hot or cold to, to one of the churches. Uh, but you're lukewarm, and so I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth if you don't change. Like, that's a harsh picture. <laughs> but uh, the, it really calls into question whether there is such a thing as a lukewarm Christ- Christian for very long before Jesus vomits them out of his mouth. And so, uh, like, I mean, that may sound harsh, but <laughs> that's uh, sin is harsh. Hell is harsh. And... The only place that Jesus, it's only through Jesus that we are free and we can look like him and walk in his peace and joy and bring glory to him yeah. with our lives. And, and uh, you know, it says in Hebrews 12, 1, and, uh, 12, 1, you know, seeing we have so great many cloud of witnesses, uh, talking about the heroes of the faith, let us lay aside every weight, which are like distractions, anything that would slow us down, and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, yeah. the author and finisher of our faith, keeping our eyes single fixed on Jesus. Yeah. And so it's, and he, and it says, it goes on in the next verse, it says uh, that he endured for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and having sat down at the right hand of the Father. And so we are that joy that he endured the most horrible suffering for was our, our, uh, restoration, our reconciliation, our redemption, our relationship with Him. Yeah. And so that is our encouragement to you is just surrender yeah. to Jesus. It's the best yeah. thing. Make Him the King of your heart, yes. of your life. Yes. That we get to... Only one person gets to sit on the throne of our hearts, as <laughs> I heard from my, my sister. Yeah. Uh, and it's either Jesus or ourselves. Yes, I love that. <laughs> So let's put yeah. Jesus on the throne. Yeah. Yeah. And something else the other day I was just thinking about is just like one day everyone's going to know. Like Jesus is coming back and everyone will see that he is king. So don't let anything on this temporary temporary earth keep you from him because there's going to be a day. Like I know that's sobering, but truly there's going to be a day where everyone that you encounter in in your life and everyone that you're friends with on Facebook or anything like that, that you may have let their opinion be higher than God's, know that there is going to be a day when that will not matter. And so why not now choose to make God's opinion the most important in your life? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you that at that time, that decision of surrender was the the hardest decision of my life and uh, up to that point, but it was definitely also the best decision yeah. of my life up to that point. Uh, it was making Jesus Lord. And, and 
Yeah. Just so good. Yeah, you should pray. All right. So, Father, I thank you for your goodness and your love. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you your love has been poured out into our hearts by our Holy Spirit. That we can't do this on our own. It's only by your mercy and your grace. But everything you've called us to, you are here to yeah. empower us to do it. Yes. <laughs> you would never tell us to do anything without also offering the grace and the strength and the power to do what you've called us to do. So we thank you for that. We receive your mercy and your grace. And we make you Lord of our lives. We say no to distractions, to weights, to sin, to compromise. And we say yes to you, Jesus. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for flooding our hearts, our lives, and our bodies right now. And actually, just now I remembered that, uh, (laughs) it must be Holy Spirit that reminded me that uh, when I was praying about this earlier, I felt like someone had numbness in their legs Mm. that he was going to heal right now. And maybe it's neuropathy or tingling or something like that in your legs. So in Jesus' name, be healed. Yeah. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Yes. Everyone watching right now, life, peace. Yeah. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. The your stripes, it's finished and done, that yeah. you took on your back. Yeah. Your broken body paid for us to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right, we love you guys. Love y'all. Be blessed and... We'll see you next time. And if you've been touched or blessed or healed yeah. or whatever whatever by these uh, podcasts or prayers, then just let us know. Uh, yeah. Either comment or email us or contact us one way or another. Yeah, we'd <laughs> and, love to share the testimonies. And just love to hear. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, be blessed. Till next be time. Blessed.